0: Good day, gentlemen. Welcome to you all. Welcome to Fridays with the Fellas. Hey, Michael and Keith and Bruce and Dale. <laughs> Dale is a very manly morning to everyone, indeed. It's a great day to be a man. It's always a good day to be a man. Glad you're with us as we continue to talk about manhood. And we are studying the book of Proverbs. What a great book for what it means to be a wise, God-fearing man. This is a book written from a man to his manly son. So, welcome. Good to have you with us. Uh, Michael, what does this uh, Bible trivia, is, there a, is it a a trick question about the, the new song, or just do you like Bible trivia? You know, I was a uh, professional pastor for 25 years, and uh, I hated Bible trivia, because everyone expected me to know every minute detail of every obscure reference to everything such as in the Old Testament. <laughs> And if I didn't know, you know, the third great-grandson's nephew from uh, King Hezekiah, it's like, oh, what kind of pastor are you? (laughs) So I didn't like to uh, play those games very much. Anyway, glad you're here. So uh, we're in Proverbs chapter 6, and we see some uh, warnings about uh, things that God hates and the kind of man that is a wicked man. So I want to I want to look at those and then we're going to kind of flip it around on its head and say, okay, how can we be the opposite of this? As as we strive to be men as men designed us to be and wise men, right? That's the that's the premise of the book of Proverbs, be wise. Uh, know what it's like to live a life of wisdom not just a life of theory, not just abstract knowledge, uh, not just feeling or experiencing something in our hearts and minds, but actually making decisions and living out this life wisely. Life is meant to be lived. God created this earth to be inhabited and to do it with wisdom. So we're going to see the opposite of that, and then we'll come back and talk about what it means to be wise. So Proverbs 6.12 says, A worthless and wicked person, in the Hebrew it's man, walks around saying perverse things. He winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, points with his fingers. He plots evil with perverse thoughts in his heart. He spreads contention at all times. Therefore, his disaster will come suddenly. In an instant, he will be broken. And there will be no remedy. So, a couple of things worth noting here: uh, this uh, this worthless, wicked person, man. He walks around saying perverse things. Now, first of all, we just have to define our terms. Um, we use the word perverse or pervert uh, almost always in the realm of you know sexual deviousness, uh, immorality. Uh, the sex crazed, um, whatever, that's not the the word perverse simply means crooked. So something that is supposed to be straight, if it's perverted, it is made crooked. So of course, you can understand why that applies to uh, sexual things. If God designed sex to be between a man and his wife, which he did, than any other sexual expression. Men and men, women and women, men and women with each other, but they're not married. Uh, All of those are perversions. So it's not just sort of the extreme things that we think of today, like today's the transgender and the drag queen, that kind of stuff. those, uh, Those are perverse, but at one level, anything that deviates from what's supposed to be the straight and narrow is perverse. So think of this more broadly than sexual terms. A worthless and wicked man walks around saying perverse things. He continually, the walking around is this is his lifestyle. This is his practice. He takes things that are straight and he speaks of them as though they are crooked. And then notice this. He winks his eye, signals with his feet, points with his fingers. Have you... uh, have you been aware? I know you know this. The um, uh, the studies that indicate that you know these body language experts, that they can tell whether or not you're telling the truth. You know, if you if you look up to the left, I think it is, then you're lying. That kind of thing. If you stutter, if you show nervousness, and we have things like the polygraph, where it measures your your physical reactions to things, and you know these experts tell us they know when someone is telling truth, when someone is lying, uh, that kind of thing. And I think we should be careful. I don't think any of those should be brought as evidence in in a court of law. I don't think anybody should be convicted because they failed a polygraph test or because they looked nervously one way or the other or had some kind of a twitch or something. So, I, yeah, it's not conclusive. But on the other hand, here we have in the scripture, there are certain gestures certain uh movements that are associated with saying perverse things so it's it's not as though our body language is disconnected entirely from our motives and uh, and what we mean so it's just interesting that he he winks he his feet somehow signal and I don't know exactly what these look like um points with his fingers points at what i, I don't know maybe you don't know. do you know let me know but whatever's going externally it's representing the internal perversity and he's plotting evil with his perverse thoughts in his heart and he spreads contention at all times that's that's what wicked men do with their deception with their twisting truth into lies they cause conflict and fighting How much evil is done in the world? How much hardship is there in the world because of contentions and fighting? And how many of those are started with someone who distorts truth and reality? Here in the West, it certainly appears that our enemy has an agenda. To create as much chaos, and hate, and infighting as he possibly can. And he's doing it through wicked, perverse people. Lying about what a man is, what a woman is, what freedom of expression is, all those kind of things. And it's working. The, the the lie that we are all racist and we all hate, especially those of us who are white men, we hate the other uh, skin colors. It's all just perversity stirring up trouble. We need to be better than that. We need to speak what is true, what is straight and narrow and and not try to stir up trouble. Now there's one other word in this passage that I think is interesting and worth a moment's discussion. Look at this first word, worthless. It's not just a wicked man that walks around saying perverse things, but a worthless man, useless. People who are like this, they serve no good function. In the world. We don't talk so much about that. I mean, we do because we see it all over the Proverbs and even back to the original design for men. But uh, as, a, as a culture, Christian, Christians don't seem to talk much about the goodness of being useful, of being worth something. But remember, we've already talked about this way back when we started this series. Man was designed to be productive to rule and subdue this earth to cultivate the gardens we've been put in right that's a, that's the divine mandate that's that's the beginning that's that's sort of manhood 101 be productive do something useful in this world that that subduing the earth has to do with building things and civilization and making things better and despite our efforts to squash that, we're still doing that. There's so much going on that's good. The one who speaks perversity is worthless. He's useless. So on the flip side, brothers, let's be useful. Let's be worth something in this world. Don't spread these falsehoods. Don't cause strife and contention among others. Use your time for being useful. There's a lot of worthless interchange on social media. A lot of it, right? It's all over the place. Don't waste your time on useless, worthless pursuits on social media and the internet. Be useful. Dale says, judging on those grounds is unfashionable. It is, isn't it? Very unfashionable. <laughs> Did you choose that word on purpose, unfashionable? Because to fashion means to work, right? If you fashion something with your hands, you are working it. Very clever, if uh, if so. Michael says, give one reference to the lake of fire in God's hall. Okay, Michael. Um, why are you asking all these questions? Are you participating in our proverb study? Or are you trying to have your own study? I'm not sure uh, what you're doing there, man. Um, that just seems odd to me. All right. So uh, the conclusion for this perverse man is therefore his disaster will come suddenly. In an instant, he will be broken and there will be no remedy. People who do this Maybe you have some, I don't know, some celebrity type, some politicians, some famous people that are, that you would describe as the worthless, wicked person, they're not going to get away with it. Therefore, his disaster will come suddenly in an instant, he'll be broken, and there will be no remedy. Now, these are Proverbs. So they're not absolute universal truths that happen all the time. By nature of Proverbs, they're generally true. So it's generally true, even though there are exceptions that the perverse wicked man will come down he'll be he'll be broken it says disaster will befall him it's not sustainable god does not just simply look idly uh, at these things and not just god's direct intervention but people see through this and the the the, the house of cards that's been built on this kind of perversion uh, eventually comes crashing down so let's be better than that let's be purposeful and useful and speak what is straight and true all right so this next section then there are six things that god hates even seven things that are an abomination to him we see this uh this this sort of uh framework several times in the book of Proverbs. six things that even seven it's just a way of saying uh God hates all these things. They're an abomination. You know, when the scripture calls something an abomination to God, that ought to get our attention, right? (laughs) We don't want to be like this. Here they are. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to run to evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who spreads discord among family members. All right, so take note, brothers. God hates these things. He's not indifferent to them. He's not mildly irritated by them. These things are an abomination to God. This is worth our time as men of God to ponder, evaluate ourselves. Do we manifest any of these things that are an abomination to God? First one here, haughty eyes. What what is it, what do you think that means? Somebody tell me in the in the chat here. What what are haughty eyes? Haughty is not a word that we use every day, probably. Um, do you know what it's getting at? Do you have a do you have another English word that sort of captures it or a phrase that kind of captures what haughty eyes are? And and what's the what's the what's the point of the eyes? Uh, Matthew says, pride. Yeah, that's getting at it, pride. And, and again, we have to uh, define our terms, right? There's a sense in which we use pride in a good way, right? I'm proud of my son for his good things. But there's an evil pride uh, that's part of it. Uh, Keith says evil. Uh, it is evil, but I would say there's a, there's a more specific manifestation of that evil. Dale says, arrogant and or condescending, loathing. Yeah, those are all getting at it. It's a, uh, Bruce says, scornful eyes. Mm-hmm. It's a, there's an ambition, a prideful ambition or arrogance uh, behind this word. The, the person who basically, well, let me put it this way. Remember in James, where James says, do not say I'm going to go there and do that business. He says, you don't know whether you're going to do it or not. Say, if the Lord wills. Right, so you have this plan to go to go on this, uh, this business adventure. Maybe you're going to start a new business. Uh, maybe you're going to get that job or whatever. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to be rich. And James offers that clarification. No, you should say, if the Lord wills. Here's my plan, but my plans are always subject to God's plan. And so I'm going to do this. I want to pursue this thing if the lord wills if he is willing to allow it kind of thing haughty eyes would be the opposite of that it's it's this prideful ambition where you're going to accomplish your thing and you are uh, it's irrespective of god almost putting yourself in the place of god and yes there's a there's a condescension attached to it um it's it's this self-sufficient, independent ambition to um, to do whatever you want. I'm invincible kind of thing. Of course, the God who truly is invincible and is truly independent and self-sustaining, he takes issue with some dependent man claiming to be that way. Mike says not only the eyes, it is the whole body language as opposed to the spoken language, we all recognize it independent of culture, etc. Yeah, it's just it's we carry ourselves a certain way. And we look, I think the eyes comes in because it's a looking toward this accomplishment that I am going to do because I am so high and mighty myself. God hates that. It's an abomination for a puny little dirt bag human being who only exists because because God gives us breath to claim that we can do whatever we want to independent of God. God hates that. He hates a lying tongue. That's a strong phrase. A tongue that tells lies. God hates it. Hands that shed innocent blood hands that shed innocent blood murder a heart that devises wicked plans so remember in the hebrew culture heart is more what we would call mind so it's not it's not simply talking about feelings but it's it's thinking and decision making. The mind that is thinking through ways to do evil, God hates. Feet that are swift to run to evil, people who pursue wickedness, God hates. A false witness who pours out lies, right? False witness, a courtroom setting, or any time there's a judgment on someone's character and someone else lies about the situation, lies about the person so that there are negative consequences. So in a court of law, of course, you see that a false witness can be the cause of someone going to prison or even being executed. Well, there's the sort of the court of public opinion. Uh, If you've ever been accused of something and then people lie about it to others who are making, forming judgments on you, well, your character can be assassinated. You can lose your job in the church. Think about how the damage that can be done of uh, people of Christians when someone bears false witness against other Christians, whether it's elders, pastors, or anybody else in the church. And people assume these false accusers are uh, are accurate. What well, can totally ruin somebody. God hates that. And a person who spreads discord among family members. Think about that. It's uh, in the Hebrew, it's brothers. A person, a man who spreads discord among brothers. If you are part of creating strife, in a family, among brothers, God hates that. Stirring up trouble in a family, stirring up trouble among those who uh, um, are knit together in, in some way. All right, Michael, again, why why do you keep asking these questions, man? Um, it's getting a little distraction, I'm gonna, distracting, I'm gonna ask you to stop. Uh, just asking these kinds of random questions and uh, if you wanna participate in what we're talking about, great, but uh, what you're doing is not, not helpful here. So let's look at the other side of this. We, we need to understand God hates these things, right? He hates these things and so we should hate them too. Proverbs is going to go on to say that the fear of the Lord is hating what is evil. But what's the flip side here? We can do things God loves. What's the opposite of haughty? Kind of humble, acknowledging our dependence, saying if the Lord wills, we, we still have our plans. We still need to be ambitious in the sense that we're pursuing things, but always in the mindset of I'm dependent on God. And if the Lord wills, I will accomplish these things. Instead of having a lying tongue, be a man who tells the truth. Instead of hands that shed innocent blood, be pro-life, protect life. A heart that devises wicked plans, let's think about ways to devise righteous plans and who run from evil, right? Those who speak rightly about others instead of bearing false witness and peacemakers. Of course, we remember the Sermon on the Mount, Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers. Instead of being someone who creates discord in in families among brothers, be one who is a peacemaker. And as far as it is possible for each of us, the New Testament tells us we are to be at peace that's part of being godly men are these things these are very practical and probably we could all use some evaluation in our uh in our over ourselves to to see if we need to improve in some of these areas Lon says it seems that those who do these things have not presence of christ in them so do you think christians even immature christ, christ- <laughs> i think spell check got you there even immature christians participate in these things Uh, that's a good question. Um, certainly I think we even, yeah, I think Christians are certainly capable of manifesting some elements of these things. Uh, now we do believe the spirit of God is alive and well, and he is sanctifying us and making us holy and we are freed from slavery to sin. I think it's a good point that you make there immature Christians. Uh, you know, we we're converted and the spirit fills us. And then we're then to press on to maturity. And so that means there's a place that we are and a place we're going. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's likely some of these things are uh, part of the maturing process that we overcome them and that we see them as things that God hates and we pursue growing up. So, yeah, I think I think Christians can, immature Christians especially, can uh, certainly be tempted in some of these areas um and that's why we got to study this and seek the spirit to give us power to overcome them and to grow up in the lord and overcome them. Uh, one of the things I want us to to see here is just as Christians as we evaluate the world uh we need to we need to um be aware that God hates these things. It's easy to brush them off to tolerate them to say oh man, you know these people are just ignorant. No they're not ignorant, they're wicked. And again, we should see them as wicked. And when we see fellow Christians acting like this, we need to to lovingly correct them, right? Lying, it's on the list, a lying tongue God hates. We see Christians telling lies, We we need to call them out graciously, of course, but we want to help them pursue righteousness. All right, brothers, have a great weekend. Be manly, be useful, and don't do these things that God hates. Have a great weekend. We'll pick it up with uh, Hebrews chapter six next Monday. We'll see you then, Lord willing. Take care.